Hello, wild being. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. I'm Emily, a certified personal trainer, optimal living coach, nature immersion guide, and moon energy coherence guide. I am here to help other humans expand their matrix and open their mind to alternative ways of being. I offer optimal health coaching and a variety of other services and products, which can be found on my website. My podcast schedule that I have created now is that every Tuesday I'm going to release an episode with a guest and every Thursday I'm going to be releasing a solo episode. To stay up to date on my podcast, subscribe to my podcast channel or follow me on Instagram at living.wild.me. Last week, I did a solo show sharing my story of having open heart surgery, which is very vulnerable for me, but also a major part of my experience this lifetime, and I felt a pull to share that story. Today, I am joined with my dear friend, Corey Payne, who is such a fabulous human being, trainer, and genius in my mind. He is incredibly conscious and intelligent in my opinion. He really practices what he preaches and he has helped me evolve and grow in so many areas of my life. He's a fabulous trainer and has really shifted my mindset in a lot of ways in training. When I first started working with him last year, I had so much back pain and just chronic pain and due to his training, coaching and just things he introduced me to, I no longer experience back pain so I'm so grateful for him. In this episode, we're going to be discussing Bitcoin, being a sovereign individual, the fourth turning, and a little bit about technology and the future of how the world is shifting. We did a previous episode, episode four, which was all about optimal living, deuterium, blue light, and hunter-gather living. If you want to check out that episode, it's in the show notes below. Disclaimer about this episode is that we are not experts on this. Uh, specifically like Bitcoin and all the other concepts we discuss. We're not financial advisors or anything. We're just having a conversation and Corey's just studied this and really dove deep into it. So I think that he is a fabulous reference and person to listen to about the concepts we discuss. If you enjoy this episode, share it with a friend and leave us a review. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the podcast, Corey. Thank you. So I'm very excited to talk about Bitcoin. And when I was thinking of doing another podcast with you, I knew I wanted to do another one because I always love our conversations and I think you just are an interesting human being to chat with. But I was like, oh, what um, topic should we discuss? And then when we were up in the cabin or up at the island... I was doing a activity that I love doing with friends or clients where you just sit knee to knee and then you ask somebody a question and they have to have four minutes to answer the question and you can't talk. And I asked Corey what he was passionate about and he said Bitcoin. So I'm excited to chat about Bitcoin with you. So I just like first if you'd explain a little bit about why you are passionate about Bitcoin and why you wanted to learn about it. Um, I just think that there's a lot of issues with uh, fiat currency and um, also with like other um, whatever items that are used as currency such as gold. Uh, There's a lot of issues with those and so Bitcoin solves a lot of those issues if not all of those issues as also uh, currencies kind of used to control humans and 
uh, negative ways possibly. And so, and Bitcoin kind of solves a lot of those too and makes it so uh, instead of having like a centralized um, currency where you're at the hand of the few um, and they control uh, your, basically your time because like a, a dollar or a gold or a Bitcoin is basically a vessel of your time. You're basically, you spent an hour and you got paid this amount and then you hold that hour in your hand with a, you know, whatever amount of dollars or whatever amount of Bitcoin in cyberspace. And so if, uh, you know, you're basically leaving your time to be controlled by uh, a small group of humans um, and that's, that's like too much power and uh, the saying is like absolute power corrupts absolutely. So uh, if we can uh, find a better way of uh, exchanging our time for, you know, goods um, through something like Bitcoin, I think it would be positive, a positive change for like all humans. Um, and and in my opinion, bottom up things are always better than top down things. And what do you mean by that? So like, uh, just like grassroots and like, uh, you know, people like the, the people starting things and people deciding what's best mm. for them instead of like, you know, government or politicians deciding what's best for the people. And uh, so uh, Bitcoin, I kind of picture it like that because it's basically um, many people uh, doing a peer to peer system where everyone is benefiting each other. And uh, so there's incentive to benefit each other and there's very absolutely as far as i know very little if any uh incentive to uh trying to corrupt bitcoin or do something bad to bitcoin basically if you have any kind of uh investment in bitcoin then it would uh serve you to promote bitcoin and for you to watch bitcoin succeed if you're like a miner or something like that and you're mining bitcoin you wouldn't want to uh, screw up the network um, because that would basically screw up your entol- whole entire investment. How is that different from people that invest in other things? Wouldn't they want to support most like investments because they don't want it to go down? Like the people that are investing. Well, um, it could be the only thing that I would say could be that someone would want like what happened to GameStop, where you know uh, that whatever I forget what company it was the hedge fund company who uh was doing the short on um gamestop they wanted gamestop to go under and so it would benefit them to make gamestop can you explain what happened with that again what happened with the gamestop uh so basically just just the really short summary is that a big hedge fund company uh shorted gamestop which means that you were betting that uh, a company is going to or a stock is going to go down and so they bet that GameStop was going to down and a bunch of people on a subreddit um, Wall Street Bets heard about it somehow I don't know how and they all decided to just jump in and start buying it like crazy and it basically made the hedge fund company go bankrupt and to the point where other hedge funds had to jump in and basically save them uh, so they didn't go under and there's a lot of people that made a lot of money off of it. Uh, not the hedge funds, but the, you know, people who mm-hmm. probably own Wall Street bets and stuff like that who jumped in early or who already had stock in GameStop. Before. 
but anyways, the point is that, uh, like, as of now, uh, Bitcoin, and I'm mostly talking about, uh, like, the miners and stuff like that, people who are operate like, keeping it running, mm-hmm. um, have no incentive to uh, mm-hmm. do fraud against Bitcoin. Um, that makes sense to people that are... So what is Bitcoin? Uh, so like I said, it's a peer-to-peer network um, consisting of like miners, which would be like, or called like nodes. So it's like a bunch of different nodes all over around the world that basically creates this like web of uh, communication. And then they use uh, the blockchain, which is kind of like a, a ledger or like a giant book that stores everything that's ever been done on uh within bitcoin where's that stored on the block on the the nodes like the 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 network okay so it's on the blockchain network so anyways you can actually uh go and look at the uh every single transaction that's ever been done uh with bitcoin uh so that's where it's stored and so it's basically showing you who, what wallet addresses own what amount of Bitcoin and what transactions have happened and all that stuff. Um, yeah, so, and then basically it's it's considered more of like a, uh, like an item kind of similar to gold instead of uh, like a currency, like uh, similar to the dollar. It's more of like a, um, an asset. An asset, but it's all online, correct? Yeah, so it, all it is is basically, yeah, the blockchain says you owe, own this much Bitcoin, and so you know that you own this much Bitcoin. It's basically it, yeah. It's kind of confusing, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to think about, could AI be doing the mining, or is it all, like, human-created? Uh, I mean, I'm Like, did humans sure. create it? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if a human created it or not, because... It was uh, Satoshi, uh, it was basically a, a screen name, or a, a username, who, uh, f- like, first um, uh, produced the, the code, the open source code, to create the Bitcoin network, so, but no one knows who Satoshi is, uh, so who knows? It could Nobody be a, knows who he is? It. it. Well, it, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we don't know if it's a guy or girl, AI, or what, you know, okay. or an alien, or... yeah something that created it so when did you first hear about it um it was probably like in 2015 maybe 14 uh one of my uh clients he was like he's a little younger than me and he was a pretty uh interesting dude and he was just like uh telling me uh, about cryptocurrencies and i was like i had no idea what he was talking about and uh he was just telling me dude you you gotta go buy some Bitcoin. Just buy some Bitcoin. I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> I guess. And um, I didn't really understand it. He was just telling me that you can't, uh, you know, do any kind of fraud and you can't hack it and stuff like that. And I didn't really understand the the big picture, obviously, because I only I bought like a couple of Bitcoin. It was like I don't know, like a couple hundred dollars a piece. Um, and then I can't remember what it went up to. Something like. Uh, 600 bucks or something like that and I ended up selling them which I knew is really dumb um, obviously but that's okay because uh, I just didn't know any better so um, so I knew about it then and I had like uh, my Coinbase account 
and stuff and had bought the bitcoins and then i think i bought <clears throat> another one later and then uh my wife freaked out and told me to sell it because it went down and so <laughs> sold that one for like a loss but that's okay too and then um so earlier this year i i heard about because i had i didn't really know a ton about it and so earlier in not this year 2020 i heard about the having coming up and so i was really interested in that because uh this is a pretty big event um where it usually goes up a decent amount after the, the having so it started off when uh bitcoins were first mined uh you got 50 bitcoins awarded to you after solving the um whatever the um hash uh function uh, so you solve the, the hash and then you get 50 bitcoins awarded to you and so every approximately four years uh, it halves and so then it went down to 25 and then it goes down again and again and again I can't remember what I actually have down to this time or in 2020 but there'll be another one in 2024 hmm. um, will be the next one sometime because uh, every every uh, bitcoin solution happens about every 10 minutes so I forget how many uh, Bitcoin like solutions have to happen before the next halving, but you can kind of estimate. Just um, Bitcoin solution. Like they solve the the hash function. Oh okay. Um, hmm. So. Like uh, so basically a hash function like they so this is from my understanding and again I'm I'm not an expert. <laughs> um, this is is from my understanding of me trying to not an expert. Uh, figure this out. Um, is that they basically have this uh, <clears throat> sequence of uh, like maybe for instance it's a sequence of letters or whatever and so say uh, like the word is I have or the phrase is I have two dogs and then uh, you can use that and you can uh, use like a hash function uh, with the hexadecimal system to uh, come up with like a seemingly random sequence of uh, letters um, from that that phrase and so you'd see like a big long string of letters from that phrase so basically you could come up with the the sequence of letters from the phrase but you couldn't come up with the sequ the phrase from the sequence of letters does that make sense wait say that again you couldn't come up you cannot come up with the uh so you can come up with the sequence of letters uh with the phrase but you can't come up with a phrase from the, the sequence se of okay, letters. Okay, yeah, so it's like one way. It's a one-way thing. And so basically uh, the way the Bitcoin works is that uh, they're using this phrase um, and then they're solving the phrase from the sequence of letters by running millions of millions of millions of uh, um, like basically trial and error Who is solutions. They? The miners. People okay. mining Bitcoin. So they, they got like these, you used to, in the beginning, you used to do it, be able to do it with like a, a crappy computer and you could uh, get some, you know, Bitcoin from that. So who's the miners or do, is it just like a bunch of... It could be anyone. It could be you. You could be a miner. <laughs> uh, I could be. <laughs> like in the beginning, you definitely could have been. Okay. Uh, but now you would need like a huge uh, warehouse or not huge, but a warehouse of like, you know, computers. Um, for the computing power that's needed to do it or what yeah because uh so basically every 10 minutes uh the the bitcoin algorithm or this the code 
wants a Bitcoin to be uh, solved or like, you know, to get awarded. So couldn't one person become like the biggest miner that's controlling it more or is it always like equally? It's hard to say because the person or whatever is who has the most computing power will most likely get it. But it's also kind of random because the computers are just basically going through and trying to solve as fast as possible all these different solutions. Yeah, but I, that kind of is weird to me because the if one thing had like more computing power, they could just take control over it all. No. No. They might be able to solve more solutions. Oh, uh, but it's still but like not capable of just being. They wouldn't. They would have to have. So they'd have to come up with enough CPU power to have fifty-one percent of more than the rest of all miners which would be totally and and even if they did do that like they'd only be able to do a small amount of damage most likely Mm. um and they would probably just break off so if that happened then it would most likely be that uh there would be two bitcoins produced if that happened oh wow and so then uh they there would be the the rogue miner bitcoin and there would be like the the standard bitcoin that we all know and then whoever whichever one people support more will be the one that survives and the the other one will die and we can kind of assume who you know people are going to support yeah the non-rogue miner uh, most likely and so basically there's very little incentive to doing that because the cost is so huge and the um benefit is most likely very low oh okay um there's no benefit in somebody like trying to take control over the you might be able to like i said but uh ultimately the people would decide which uh version of bitcoin would win okay you know and so uh because yeah so it it's just very very little incentive and like basically bitcoin as we know it would still survive as just that another bitcoin variant would come off of it mm. and that would be like the rogue one rogue. So. so bitcoin is a form of decentralized currency is that correct yeah it's, it's considered decentralized because it's peer-to-peer instead of being uh, a small group or an entity that uh, controls the whole entire currency so who controls the u.s dollar uh, the federal reserve okay and it, then they can choose when they inflate it and or when they change the value of it by printing money because mm. yeah. if they print more money that inflates it yeah yeah so um just like the different stimulus packages that are coming out uh right now are inflating uh the dollar and um it it's a slow process so um it's not like that immediately like oh we printed a you know a bunch of dollars and all of a sudden your dollar's not worth as much but it has uh like a uh a delay and mm-hmm. so like uh that's why it's really hard to picture the inflation well, once process. it goes into like the economy and it changes like how much money there is to purchase i, I don't know right doesn't it how as it goes as people like use it or yeah but the different uh like systems the different uh corporations and uh you know all the different people within that use the dollar have to start deciding that the dollar's worth less based off of the amount 
And so that takes time. Um, that's my understanding of it. It could be different. Um, but, uh, yeah, it takes time. And so it could, it usually is like, uh, like around, like from my understanding, three to four years that, uh, the, the inflation actually takes place. Um, so say for 2020, some people have said that the, there was actually like a 25 to 30% inflation, uh, due to all the different cares packages and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, and so in the next few years we could expect food and gas and all our different things that we need, um, to increase around 25 to 30%. The cost of those things? Yeah, so the amount of dollars required to buy all those things would increase by time to start growing your own food. Twenty-five to thirty percent. Yeah, that would be good, probably, um, just in case. So. Hmm. So you were saying that your the guy that told you about it was saying that there's no fraud. What does that really mean? Uh, it's just like what we were talking about earlier: is that uh, the cost to benefit of trying to take over the Bitcoin network is so. Uh, low that it most likely won't happen and uh, the fact that so it's a uh, the way that Bitcoin works is that there's a, a private key and a public key so the public key is um, always known so that's like your wallet your public wallet key it can be seen on the blockchain from my understanding and then your private key is something that you keep to yourself and uh, you don't share with anyone. Mm -hmm. And so every single Bitcoin transaction requires uh, like a, from my understanding, like a stamp of your private key, like where you're doing like a digital signature. And so, for instance, with like a credit card purchase, um, the, the seller has like basically all your information. They have your address, they have your, you know, all the digits on your credit card, your, phone um, number, your name, your everything, yeah. um, every time in order to do a purchase. And so hmm. they basically have everything they need to be able to run your credit card. And so hmm. with Bitcoin, uh, they only get half of what they need to run your Bitcoin and nothing else. And so it's very challenging to do, to fraud, you know, an individual with Bitcoin um unless they somehow give up their private key or something like that yeah um so that that's a big deal because uh like the cost uh that credit card companies incur from uh fraud prevention and fraud like repaying fraud and stuff like that and trying to do all the fraud investigation and all that stuff is huge and like uh if you think about like because everyone, a lot of people complain about Bitcoin because of the transaction fees, but the actual cost of uh, doing like a fiat currency and using credit cards is probably far higher because of the all the different, uh, how much it costs to do all the fraud prevention. Uh, every single time you run your credit card, there's a fee and you don't see that, it's mm -hmm. the seller sees that. And so um, yeah. with Bitcoin, you see the fee. Because when you pay the amount of money, mm -hmm. you see the fee. Um, and so some people get turned off by that. But in reality, it's uh, far better, in my opinion. What is the... So the fees are for, like, purchasing things with Bitcoin or sending or <coughs> transferring? Um, or what are the fees for? It's, it's a, my, from my understanding, it's, one, it's a safety mechanism to uh, stop, uh, like, a, uh, like, a DDoS attack. Where you just but when like, are you paying the fees? When you pay for something. Oh, okay. You pay the fee. So you, when you, so like if you buy Bitcoin or you sell Bitcoin, 
which would be like paying mm. um, or transfer Bitcoin, you pay a small fee. Okay. Um, so it's a protection against like a uh, attack where you just basically flood the network with very small transactions. Mm. Um, and so that would be extremely expensive to run an attack like that. Because you'd pay per You'd have to pay thing. every single thing, okay. yeah. And then also, <clears throat> once uh, all the halvings are done and 21 million, what is it, 21 million Bitcoins are uh, produced, then at that point, uh, the only thing that the miners will be receiving is the transaction fees instead of actually receiving uh, the re- award as well as the transaction fees. That. So they won't get Bitcoins anymore. They'll get transaction fees in the form of Bitcoin. So those transaction fees that are in the form of Bitcoin are going to the miners. Mm-hmm. They receive For running the, the network. Oh, because they need that. So you're that. basically paying, every time you do a Bitcoin transaction, you're basically paying to have the network stay active and function. So it's, it's like, since mm-hmm. a lot of people think that's like annoying, but it's actually for, you know, you're just paying your, your There's dues. a lot of people who thinks that's annoying. Uh, it's just what I've heard. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to name any names. But <laughs> How have you just on like platforms that you look at? On people I talk to, friends and stuff like that. Oh, that, okay. You know, and yeah. So anyways. I feel like I said that. I think you said that. <laughs> I wasn't going to name any names, but. <laughs> but it's, that's some people. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me i'm the only one that you've no, talked you're to not that the only said one. that some people <coughs> my say sis- my sister was complaining about well it. i don't know i didn't yeah i didn't because you know. just gotta uh you know if you have like a small amount of bitcoin then you're not gonna want to just move it around all yeah i didn't know that's different than the you like the dollar where you're constantly well at least i am like moving from checkings to savings and yeah. like moving money where like bitcoin isn't a th- firm based off of what you've explained to me, how I think you view it, if this is incorrect, you can tell me, but is like you're not getting it to then again transfer it back to like US dollars. Um, That's what I see the purpose as currently like in my life is like if I did Bitcoin, it would be to be making like more dollars. You want to make more dollars off of Bitcoin? Well, I just perceive that if I look at investing in something right now it's to have more dollars to buy things just since that is what most things in my life are Mm -hmm. how you get them is with u.s dollars yeah so i mean it just depends because i mean now you can buy a tesla with bitcoin so i'm not gonna buy a tesla though well i don't i'm not saying you need to but i'm just saying that uh it's a step towards being able to buy things Mm. with bitcoin and um like uh miami um i think it was like miami's courts or something like that uh you can like they're working on allowing you to pay for like traffic tickets i think it was Mm. uh, with bitcoin so like even like government institutions are starting to allow it um what were all those banks that or credit card companies that were getting in on it do you remember? Well, what I was, I think what I was telling you was that uh, there's a, there's a new a rewards uh, credit card that oh, yeah. you can pay for things and then they give you Bitcoin per you know however much you spend. Mm. Um, that's BlockFi. So on BlockFi's credit card, they're launching. They launched it 
and there's a big wait list um, to get it, and then you can earn Bitcoin by spending dollars, basically. Oh, the percentage of the... But the cool thing about Bitcoin is that, you know, you can transfer it into dollars, you can transfer it into yen, mm -hmm. uh, you know, euros, whatever. It's, like, it doesn't matter what currency you're looking at. And in, even for interesting instance, uh, was it, is it Somalia or something? I can't remember. But there's a country where it got banned, and it's really interesting because it got banned. Uh, it actually trades for twenty thousand dollars, about twenty thousand dollars over what we are, are would be able to buy and sell a Bitcoin at. There it does. Yeah, there it does, and so it actually has more value because more people, like from my understanding, more people want it because it was banned. banned. And uh, so it actually costs more. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. So. That's um, funny. What's yeah. BlockFi? Uh, so BlockFi is just like a uh, place where you can store your Bitcoin. And the big thing that BlockFi has going for it is that you can earn like up to 6% on your Bitcoin. You can, on, on other different cryptos, you can earn uh, more or less percent APR um, on just holding it, but it's just by holding it there. And then also they uh, do loans uh, and using your Bitcoin as collateral. Um, yeah, so it's pretty cool. And then they're the ones with the credit card. Um, so that's, yeah, it's a good uh, company, in my opinion. They're just holding your Bitcoin? It's like a bank? So like just like similar? a bank. Just like a bank, they're using your money to issue loans and stuff like that. And so mm. that's why they're able to give you the 6%. Um, okay. So it's like, so they give you 6%. Um, and then after two and a half Bitcoins, they give you 3%. And that's for Bitcoin. And so uh, they're basically making money off of your Bitcoin by issuing loans with your Bitcoin. Hmm. And that's considered a wallet or just a... I think that would be considered a wallet. Um, there's also like just straight up Bitcoin wallets uh, that wouldn't be through like a Coinbase or uh, BlockFi. And then you can do like cold wallets where you basically are just storing your Bitcoin on a hard drive and it's not connected to the internet. So there's different ways you can store your Bitcoin. Um, if you want your Bitcoin to work for you, then it'd probably be good to have it in BlockFi. But also you are having like a store of value if you have it in a cold wallet because uh, Bitcoin is limited. And so there's no, uh, you know, over, after Bitcoin's completely, uh, you know, been mined, there's no inflation. Right now it's inflating, but it's at a, a controlled inflation um, because every currency or uh, anything that's used for like a store of wealth should have inflation because the more people that use it and the more money that those people have, uh, the more needs to be available. And so it's kind of inflating every every 10 minutes, it inflates a little bit. And then it won't inflate <clears throat> when it's all mined up? After 21,000 or 21 million. How many is it now? I don't know. Don't it's know. like 18 million or something like that. Oh, so it's almost done? Well, it's having. So it's like not what you think it is because um bitcoin's only been around for what like 10 years or something like that but it halves every four years and so the last bitcoin uh, will be mined i can't remember something like 2140 or something like that oh wow okay. yeah so, so after we're dead years maybe hopefully <laughs> hopefully i don't want to live forever so. <laughs> i don't <laughs> that's good Hmm. So then there's, what's the other one? Coinbase? Oh yeah, Coinbase. So that's another just 
way way that you can buy and store your money but or your bitcoin but uh that one doesn't uh give you any uh you know interest or anything like that what are the other crypto like decentralized currencies available so most of them are just uh, considered altcoins because uh bitcoin's uh code is open source you can basically go and you can find it and you can copy and paste it Mm -hmm. um and so they're uh just all these different uh variations of bitcoin that have different uh you know amounts uh that are available different amounts of uh having cycles or no having cycles or uh, different amounts that get awarded every solution um you know and then there's some that are centralized like ethereum from my understanding and then there's ethereum ethereum that's a cool name that's a centralized one so from my understanding that that one's more centralized i don't really know a ton about ethereum um because in my opinion bitcoin is because ethereum is not limited they're from my understanding it's unlimited so from what i would choose would be bitcoin over ethereum because bitcoin is not centralized and it's limited what is limit oh just the amount that it can be mined Mm -hmm. where do you learn about bitcoin um so i mean first it was from my client and then i didn't really do too much about it and then uh some of this word of mouth uh the book uh the book of satoshi is a really good one um just and that is basically goes over what bitcoin is uh why it works and how it works and then it goes over the chronological uh forum discussion between satoshi and the other people who first worked on the bitcoin uh software Hmm. um and so that one's a really interesting one to read and then like uh i really like jack cruz we talked i think we talked about jack cruz last podcast probably mm-hmm. um probably <laughs> and so anyways because i mean he talks about all the other stuff we talked about last time like quantum health and stuff mm-hmm. but then he talks about bitcoin because he thinks it's uh you know so like uh quantum health is all about thermodynamics and so is bitcoin um because basically you what have, is thermodynamics uh, just like energy, the you know like how energy moves and how it acts and stuff like that. So uh, Bitcoin is a thermodynamically sealed uh, platform because there's no you know there's going to be a limit. So your time that you basically like we talked about like put into Bitcoin and hold there as a vessel for your time is not going to leak, you know because there's a limit to the amount of bitcoins that can be produced Mm. because if you put your time into a vessel like the dollar then it could your your time could be 25 to 30 percent less valuable in you know the course of a year Mm -hmm. do you have to pay taxes on bitcoin only if you sell so if you sell your bitcoin then you could you could pay a capital gains tax okay but like if you put most of your money in bitcoin you wouldn't be paying like taxes on that money uh you probably would still be paying taxes like you could you'd be paying your income taxes on whatever form of uh you know income you're making oh yeah okay and then you would put your money into say bitcoin or Mm -hmm. even a stock or whatever 
and then it can sit there for as long as you want it to, but when you pull it out, you have to pay capital gains uh, tax on it. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And that's so if you just leave it there, then uh, you don't ever have to pay any taxes on it. And so that's what's really cool about Bitcoin because kind of like we talked about earlier, um, other forms of um, you know value like property or gold, um, the big one, yeah, property and gold um, are that they have like a cost to them. And so if you own property, you have to pay to keep property because you have to pay to have it um, kept up. You have to pay to have property tax. And then same thing for gold. You have to pay for it to be stored. You have to pay for it to be transferred. You know, mm-hmm. say uh, you wanted to have this much, you know, whatever amount of gold. And then you wanted to move it from one bank to another. You'd have to pay a ton of money, depending on how much gold you have, obviously, to have that transferred. So say for Bitcoin, you wanted to have a billion dollars. You had a billion dollars. It can sit there for an indefinite amount of time without losing you know its value of course it's going to have fluctuations and stuff but most likely it's going to go up because there's an average bitcoin's averaged a 200 percent gain every year that has been around um so it's most likely going to go up especially since there's a fixed amount <laughs> um but anyways it, it stays there and you don't have to do any maintenance fees or like you don't have to like pay to have someone watch your bitcoin mm-hmm. you know it just sits there and then, but you're paying to, say you had a billion dollars in gold, you have to have pay someone to basically watch your gold. Yeah. And then if you want to move it, you have to pay someone to move your gold. And if you had a billion dollars of Bitcoin and you wanted to move it, it costs a small fee. Like of like mm. maybe 20 bucks or something. Yeah. I don't know for sure how much it would be, but it, you could, from my understanding, you could do it very, very cheaply. Uh, cheaper than any form of moving an asset because like you can't move a piece of property you can't be like okay i actually decided i want to move this house somewhere <laughs> i mean else. you can some houses move but would <laughs> no. that be beneficial yeah, no. uh no yeah. and then also like uh gold and uh property like uh, houses and you know land are bound by government control so you if a governor decided to lock down your area and allow no whatever to happen then your property value would go down if uh like uh from my understanding fdr uh during what was it world war ii uh they needed some money and they seized gold from people's uh, um, accounts so like the government could seize gold very easily but uh, from my understanding uh bitcoin is uh, you can't it can't be seized if at all um and if it could be seized it would be very very challenging to the point where it would probably be uh not valuable to do that so hmm what do you mean he seized gold like you literally just took it from people who had gold and to pay for the war effort yeah dang so do you think that in the near future or any future that you'll be able to purchase things with bitcoin yeah you already can yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah you can purchase bit things with bitcoin who and then wanted you... to be paid in bitcoin russell uh russell wilson yeah he wanted to be paid in bitcoin and they denied him uh those little buttheads and uh so anyways um 
you can purchase anything in Bitcoin technically because you can transfer it to any currency you desire mm -hmm. and it has value. And so you can transfer it into your dirty, nasty fiat if you want to. And then You're <laughs> you <laughs> use you really that too. To. I prefer to use other forms of uh, buying and selling, but that's what is used, like you said. So. Yeah. Um, but maybe eventually I'll be an agorist and I won't use any form of currency anymore. Is that what agorist means? It just means that you uh, do everything for yourself. You're, you're self-reliant. Oh, yeah. And, like you uh, like would produce your own truck. You'd produce your own food. You'd produce everything. Literally mm -hmm. everything. So. Gas. Uh, so I'm not sure how that one works, but um, <laughs> who knows? Maybe you... You just ride uh, your bike. Ride your bike, or maybe you drill into the earth and find some oil. No. I don't know. What? You, you used oil when you came over here. I did use oil. <laughs> so That's don't impossible. be too sad about it. I know, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully someday. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Were we ever... When was the last time that humanity was using, like, a decentralized currency? Like, when we were trading things? Uh, probably trading would be the most uh, similar. Um, yeah, I would say that trading, like, one good for another good would probably be the best uh, um, example of, like, a decentralized currency because that individual decides the worth of you know, they're good, and then the other one does too, and you just trade. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't really think of anything else that wouldn't be more centralized. I mean, gold can be considered decentralized, I guess, too, uh, but it can be manipulated, I'd say. But, um, yeah. Didn't Bitcoin just become, like, super popular also, like, recently again? Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, like, a big buzzword. Well, because it went up, like however many like thousand percent or something is in the beginning of 2020 it was at like a, around three grand and now it's at 50 almost it almost hit 54 55 again uh, the max was 58 as of now thousand what so, do you think that tells you like that that like increased so much like about people and what they're like wanting do you think that tells you like a trend or anything uh, I think that they see that the dollar is not a stable form of currency anymore, and they're looking for an alternative. Um, it could all, and then like there's a major institutions that are buying into Bitcoin too, uh, as a store of wealth um, as well. So like <clears throat> more and more people buy into it, and more and more people see other people buy into it, and so more people like have faith in it. Mm -hmm. So, like, basically, like, you know, yeah, so it's just getting more and more uh, traction. And, but it's still, like, in its infancy because, like, if you ask mo pe most people, oh, you, have you heard of Bitcoin? And they're like, what? Or, oh, yeah, I don't know what it is, though. You know, one yeah. of the two. Most people are going to say that. And so it's very, very few people still know about Bitcoin or still are, you know, buying into it. But it's catching traction, and the more traction it gets, the higher it's going to go. And it's most likely going to, you know, someday hit, like, 500K or something like that, most likely. Mm -hmm. uh, but, because, like, as long as people see value in it, <clears throat> the only way, only place it can go is up, because it has a, you know, doesn't have an infinite supply. It's finite.
Yeah. And then at one point when it's done, people will just be like, I don't know, just trade. It's like trading then. It already is. Yeah. What do you mean when it's done? When it's capped out at the 21 million or whatever. Then it will just continue to increase as more people buy into it oh. at a faster rate. So um, there'll be the 21 uh, million. But then. Uh, will more be produced then? Nope. Okay. But you can, it's uh, divisible uh, into sat- Satoshis. Um, What's divisible? So like you, you can, can divide it. Yeah, you don't have to. If if you, I wanted to buy something from you, I don't have to just give you one Bitcoin. I can give you a fraction of a, you know, tiny fraction of a Bitcoin. Oh, and so, and I forget exactly how uh, much one Satoshi is, but it's like point zero 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 whatever uh, is a Satoshi, and that makes up a Bitcoin. Is that uh, the guy that created it? Yep. Uh, or uh, the whatever person thing. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, uh, so, and so I forget exactly how much it is, but something, some quadrillion amount of Satoshis are available after every, uh, Bitcoin has been produced and mined. So there, there's like, you know, quadrillion trillions of these things that are available to be divided and like not very many, if anything, uh, can be divided in that same amount because you can divide Bitcoins right now more than you could a dollar you could do less than a penny oh you could divide it down to that much yeah um from my understanding i'm pretty sure but anyways uh if and then for gold it's not like you're gonna go walk up to someone and want to buy a stick of gum and you shave off like a tiny little bit of gold and then you hand it to them like you're not gonna do that yeah where you could do that with bitcoin it's all electronic though like you would need your a device to transfer things well there is uh i don't know what they're called but there's like you can use a qr code and so you can have like a little was it bitcoin bucks or something like that uh and it has a little qr code on it and say it's like 0.00 whatever amount of bitcoin and so then you're like hey i want to buy this from you and it's like here you go and, and then, then they would scan that they take that and they scan it with their phone and then they would it would upload to their wallet so there is a way to do uh, buying and selling in a physical form of Bitcoin, too. So. Okay. But it's everything stored electronically, but I guess that's how most people's money is. Yeah, that's most, 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 most people's money is done anyways. And they're already wanting to get rid of the you know physical dollar as well. <clears throat> um, so... Yeah, um, I don't think that that's really... Because that solves a lot of problems, you know, when you have uh, it be digital like that. because you can transfer it very easily. Um, and then you could do, like we just talked about, where you uh, have a QR code that has that amount of, you know, Bitcoin on it. And then you can give that to people mm-hmm. as well. So. Bitcoin is also, I think we had chatted about before, like it's even more traceable than the dollar. Um, or like the transactions there's like accountability of all of it oh yeah it's all on the blockchain Mm. it's right there um so yeah it is very traceable uh from from my my understanding you can make it untraceable in ways by like like having like a different computer with a different ip address and making a new account with a different identity and Mm. then and then buying something and then you know go back to your normal identity and your normal account and all that stuff and most likely no one could track that trace that but mm-hmm. uh it is very traceable and is because it's like open source open everything's open about it 
like you can go and you can find out any you can look up any wallet and you can see the exact amount that's in that wallet oh of anybody of any wallet you wouldn't know who owned that wallet but you could look at the wallet and you could see how much is in it but that's also a part of the design because uh basically when you're doing a transaction you can look at the other person's wallet and know that they have that amount of um bitcoin in there before you can you know start the transaction so you see okay this wallet has you know 20 bucks and i'm trying to sell them this thing for 20 bucks and so then you know that like it's 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 a way of verifying that you're you know not going to get screwed over and then you can see how much money somebody has Mm -hmm. or bitcoin yeah but you can't see who owns that unless you know that that, like we're doing a transaction unless you know yeah who you somehow find out what their wallet key is yeah then you can find out how much money they have in their one wallet but they might have multiple wallets so which you probably would want to have multiple wallets so just so then your money's all or your bitcoins all separate yeah just it's a little safer just just in case kind of thing you lose one or yeah you would do that with just about anything if you had enough uh, store of wealth you yeah. would want to have it in different places because it's not like the bank where you can just call them and be like oh like i lost my yeah if you lose your uh login like login and, and you lose your key yeah. then you're done like there was uh, a story i guess about this guy who had like uh some bitcoin a bunch of bitcoin on cold storage and then bitcoin went all nuts so uh when it went up to like twenty thousand, uh and uh he couldn't find the he like had accidentally gotten rid of the hard drive um, a while like a while back ago or something and so he actually went to apparently went to the dump and like dug through the dump for like like weeks looking for this hard drive in order to get his bitcoin which was worth like a crap ton of money now oh no and he wasn't able to find it (laughs) he couldn't find it and so yeah so it's gone (laughs) (laughs) he just lost it all yeah dang it's kind of like a donation. Eventually, it will to the just to the whole. Because you you took off, mm-hmm. uh, say it was uh, fifty thousand dollars or fifty thousand Bitcoin, and then you just take that out of the system. All of a sudden, all the other Bitcoin goes up in price. Because you took it out. Because it's no no longer available. So all the other Bitcoin that is available <laughs> has uh, a potential of going of up higher. You know, because, mm-hmm. you know... Because it's, like, what? There's less. Less for, yeah, for more for people. people. yeah. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, so that's what's happening now. That's uh, why, it's like, why is it going higher? Just because more, people, more are people are buying it? Yeah, it, so from my understanding, the Bitcoin always tracks along with uh, the amount of people who have uh, wallets. So as wallets go down, uh, Bitcoin goes down. As wallets go up, Bitcoin goes up. And so it's going up because more and more people are jumping on and getting Bitcoin. And also major institutions are doing big buys like Elon Musk buying like 1.5 billion and stuff like that. <clears throat> so. Hmm. Are you happy that more people are buying it and getting into it? Or what do you feel about it? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I think it's a great solution to a lot of problems. Um, so I think it's great. I just. To what problems? What do you think are the problems? Uh, like we just talked about, like inflation and losing your the value of your time, uh, and being controlled by a small group of people. Um, yeah, because like, I mean, you basically don't own the dollars that you own because you don't control them. You mm-hmm. know, 
they're controlled by another person. They're they're kind of like notes of debt almost, from my understanding. So they're not really. Then there's no value behind them. There's no. They're not gold backed. They they mean nothing, essentially. Um, so, I, yeah, I think Bitcoin actually has something behind it, you know, which is like the people. <clears throat> the people are behind it. So yeah, then like also like for instance, uh, I was listening to um, a podcast the other day, and someone was talking about how their parents came from a like a, a, a whatever you want to call it, third world or up and coming com- country or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, and they stored up as much money as they could. And they were able to get out of the country, mm-hmm. but when they got out of the country, uh, the they were not able to access their money anymore, like they thought they would be able to. Mm-hmm. And they basically lost all of that money that they took and, and all all that stored time they lost. Yeah. Uh, because they got out of the country and it was like I think it was seized or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, anyways, when these people on the podcast told their parents about Bitcoin, they're like, "Whoa! Like I wish I had that when." we were leaving, you know, whatever country it was. And cuz they could have, you know, transferred it to Bitcoin and then they could have it wouldn't have any borders, you know, and it couldn't be seized and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So like people who, you know, come to a different country to make money and send it back to their other country. Yeah. Uh, of origin, then that could be really beneficial. For sure. I feel like it definitely can help to like everyone has equal access. Yeah, it's equal access. It. it doesn't. It's non-discriminatory. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to open up a bank account, like it could be that that bank would discriminate against yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Bitcoin doesn't discriminate. Hmm. It's totally open to any entity. Nice. Yeah. AI included. Yep. It could be an AI. Computing powder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I think that that's great, and I think that that's the next thing i want to talk about is kind of all the things you were just saying what it means to be a sovereign how do you pronounce that even sovereign yep sovereign individual uh just like basically from in my opinion it just means that you are in control of yourself and um you decide like you have liberty you decide where you want to go and be what you want to do um you're not bound by uh you know governments or something like that that decide that you can't do certain things um and that you decide what goes in and on your body so that's how i would define it um being sovereign Hmm. do you feel like you're that nope (laughs) yeah how would you become that like what would the um so uh, the book, uh, The Sovereign Individual, Did suggests... Did you finish it? I did finish it. Oh, nice. Uh, it's a long one, right? It's a long one, yeah. So anyways, uh, <laughs> they recommend uh, that you basically need to leave predatory taxations. So, like, a you know, like, the U.S. taxes people, like, a lot. And <clears throat> so basically you need to go into a tax haven and you need to keep your, your assets in a tax haven. And that's like one of the biggest ways that you could become sovereign. And one of the things I think of, um, you know, say what you want about Elon Musk, but uh, it was really interesting when uh, they shut down the Tesla factories in California. um, And he basically said no. 
and he opened them back up and they the government basically was like okay i guess you can do that you know and that that right there is like sovereign like you know it's like you can't you're not going to get shut down and basically the whole entire world right now is not sovereign because we we're locked down you know for however many months Mm -hmm. you know uh you were not able to operate your business not able to make money not able to do all that stuff so right there you're not sovereign because you were not able to do that without having violence put upon you so you need to so as like bitcoin is a good example of moving into like the information age where we're not bound by location because we were talking about earlier you can go to a different country and you can access your bitcoin still it's not bound by borders Mm -hmm. and so being able to uh be removed from location eliminates the ability for governments and whatever else you want to talk about gangs or whatever uh you know from putting violence upon you in order to extort you so once you remove location from the the situation then you become more sovereign in my opinion because uh you know there's no way an individual is going to be able to go up against the violence that could be put upon them from a government so for instance like if you don't agree with a new law that just came out and you decide to totally and completely uh go against that law um the ultimate uh like result would be your death mm-hmm. so like <laughs> yeah like if so say you you they made it so uh you couldn't buckle your seatbelt anymore or, or sorry uh so that like that new click it or ticket like that came out like a few years ago um say you don't agree with that and i want to ride with a, my seatbelt off because i don't care like it's my body if i want to fly through a windshield i should be able to you know and so you r- drive around with your seatbelt off and and then you get stopped by uh, the police and you're like, uh, you get pulled over and they're like, okay, you're not wearing a seatbelt, so we're going to give you a ticket. And you're like, no, I'm not going to take that ticket and I'm out of here. Goodbye. Stop wasting my time. They're going to turn their lights on and start following you. And then you just keep going because you're absolutely, completely not following that law. Eventually, you'll be dead. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, like, there's no, like, you're not sovereign because... You, if you don't agree with something and you completely fall, you know, go against it, violence will be forced upon you until you are dead. Yeah, if you don't agree with it. But would you be sovereign if you, like, wanted to do that under free will or, like, under your own choice? That's your choice, yeah. If, if you just, I guess, yeah, I, I guess so. I don't really, that's not really the way I think of it. But, but it's you, still your choice. I think that, that is me, your choice, I think but, of it like that. But is, did you come up with that law? Did you, like... If so, then you wouldn't be coming up with... Well, I guess you would. I don't know if you'd so you be could coming be... up with things that you're doing. Yeah, say that's you... like saying you brush your teeth. Like someone told you to brush your teeth, and you didn't. I don't know. Yeah, but like you if brush you... your teeth just because you want to. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. But if you didn't do it, um, and they told you to, and they like, you know, and then you like you didn't want to do it, they told you to, and then you did it. Like that's not sovereign. Like, yeah, that's you doing. What I think as long person's... as you're making the choices. But it are you? Like, like, it's hard to say because, like, a lot of times people just make the choice to follow along with whatever law or whatever mm-hmm. because they don't want to be bothered, because they don't want to deal with all the, yeah. like, the consequences. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Oh, I don't want to be dead, so I'm going to follow this law because I want to, but you don't actually want well, to. Well, that's most people. Even if you look at, like, I was listening to this book about the Holocaust and they were chatting about how one guy 
like stood up and he was like, I'm not doing this, like blah, blah, blah. And they, you know, obviously they like killed him right there. But the book was just talking about like, we like to think that we would be that person mm-hmm. that would like say no and be like a sovereign individual. Mm-hmm. But statistically speaking, that's like very few people because you'd be completely. Yeah, I mean, I don't it's... know, you'd be dead probably or just completely shunned out of or. Or you not leave. a part of society by choice. Yeah. 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 So anyways, like, cause like, I think governments are losing their power, um, to enforce things through violence. Cause like you could basically live in any country you want and still work at Microsoft. You don't have to live in, you know, Bellevue. Yeah. Right now. You know? Yeah. Right now. And that's new. That's happened in the last, you know, yeah. few years. Um, so the government like the u.s government doesn't have control of those people who are you know working like especially contractors that were contracting for something like microsoft why do you think they don't have control like what control would they have if they lived in Bellevue? well they can put their own laws they can tax them they can do all kinds of things to them um and then they can do it at a threat of violence if they don't live in the same country and they have an unknown location that can't be done through a threat of violence they can't seize like say they owned bitcoin only like they can't seize their bitcoin they can't threat them threaten them through violence they can't do anything they literally have nothing to prevent that person from doing what they want to if they have are not bound by location and they're not able to seize their assets hmm That makes sense. So that's a, a good thing about... <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, as long as... And, like, I mean, as, like, it becomes more like that, and I think we're already seeing that, where government is more run by, uh, like, the corporations, because, like, the corporations make most of the decisions for what the government does, does now, hmm. you know? And what so, corporations? I don't know. I don't want to get into that. But um, <laughs> anyways, so the, gov- like the government is like, you know, funded and like you know, all the lobbying funding and stuff like that is funded by, you know, different corporations. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically these corporations are running the government. Yeah. You know, they're deciding the laws. And, and so right what's... there, that could be considered a negative form of being a sovereign individual or sovereign corporation you know because like some like ceo or whatever of some corporation decides they don't like whatever law and then so they start like you know funding this politician who's going to take away that law you know but that law doesn't benefit the majority of people it benefits that corporation particularly that ceo then that's not ideal an ideal form of being a sovereign individual even though that person is being a that person individual. loves it yeah maybe. but everyone else it's like making people but it sucks for worse that. yeah yeah it might maybe just as an example maybe it's worse for everyone else you know just an, as an example of a negative form of being a sovereign individual oh yeah because um, it's not always a positive good thing it could be bad for uh, a lot of people and it mm. could be good for a lot of people so yeah depending on who's doing it yeah um it's just that who's doing it is most likely going to change as government and like you know the state becomes less powerful through use of uh violence you know and like seizing and stuff like that Mm -hmm. 
through location because location is becoming less important. Hmm. You know, because like, you know, back in the day when there was no internet, like location was it. That's like literally all that's important is if you're not in the right location, you literally can't do anything you might want to do. You know, there's, there's like so many limitations from not being in the right location. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, you know, you can work from home, you can work on the computer, you can do all the things, you know, you don't have to, you know, it's like you can vote for it with your feet. You can, you know, if you don't agree with some kind of new law or whatever in this area, you move to a different county, you move to a different state, you move to a different country, Mm -hmm. you know. That'll be interesting to see then, because if people then, I don't know, that people can just leave and go live wherever, and they're just not tied down to that, like, region's laws and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, as things progress, it'll get more and more that way, because, like, it's already getting that way where... You know, we're not bound by even location because we're everyone's doing video calls and stuff like that. Like, you know, you can still interact with someone from a different country or state. And um, you might even be as interacting just as much as uh, any other person because we're all, you know, (laughs) staying away from each other and stuff. You know, so you might actually be interacting with the same amount of quality as someone who lives next door to you, you know. You may, wait, what? What do you say? So, like, right now, because, you know, we're not supposed to be around each other and stuff like that, you know, uh, someone who lives, like, in your neighborhood, you, some people might be just doing video calls with their people and they live in their neighborhood, you know, (laughs) but they also might be doing video calls with people who live in, you know, a different country, yeah. yeah. And so they're having the same quality of, you know, communication and interaction. Yeah, as you would with your neighbor. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's really interesting. Um, oh, yeah, it's very interesting. And it's probably going to get even more so with, like, you know, steps and, you know, further steps in, like, VR and stuff like that and all that. So it, whatever you think of it, it's most likely going to, you know, get more and more advanced towards, uh, you know, deeper uh, communication and connection through cyberspace. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it is. I think that's how it's all going to be. People, I think humans will probably... I perceive that it will be, like, people will live very individual in different, like, pod areas, and then everything will just be through. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, not everyone will, like, be on that network, um, and a lot of people might be. And it's, like, good and bad can come from that, I think, you know? Like, you know, it might not be ideal, like it might make you less human to be, you know, like the, the things that make people human might not show as much when you're like communicating through a zoom call. Um, but at the same time, maybe, uh, it's good in a ways that you can't be threatened through violence, uh, by whatever, you know, uh, government or gang or yeah. Until it gets like advanced. I think that's, I think it will be like, the initial of it all will be like that, and then I think at the end it will be they'll be to control it more. Maybe I mean if, the, yeah. if it became super like networked, everything was like on some sort of like mm-hmm. neural link, like brain channel, like VR thing in your body. I think those yeah, could corporations could 
start controlling that or start influencing that. I don't mm-hmm. know. And then at what point are, is that like the opposite of this where they are controlling everything mm-hmm. that you're like thinking and choosing and perceiving as real? I don't know. Yeah, it's totally possible <clears throat> that, you know, there's definitely a fork in the road or, yeah, just some type of probably both worlds, you know, where people are you know better off and people are worse off in certain ways as things move more like digital and more the technology age but yeah it just depends who knows like maybe somehow like i i in my opinion i always think that uh the you know the people will bring about the best possible solution for the people and the people are the majority and the people who want what you were just talking about is a very small group of people and uh the major most likely a small group of people and the majority will always in my opinion uh you know come out on top so we'll see though hmm i don't think so (laughs) who knows you i don't think the same as that you can continue to believe that if you desire (laughs) i thank you you can continue to believe what you think also. I would like to think that the majority, but I think when a select few people manipulates and controls the majority, mm-hmm. then they're still controlling. They're still, I don't know. I hope humans, <laughs> like, I don't know. Whatever happens will be the best. Yeah, I think whatever happens will be the best. But it's important to, like, I don't know, just... It's going to be interesting to see as technology keeps going. Mm-hmm. And takes over. <laughs> Not takes over, but it's just integrated into, like, major aspects of our existence, which... yeah. It's interesting because it could be that it actually goes the opposite way. And I think in some ways it is going the opposite way for a lot of people. People are trying to get away from, you know, certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in my little bubble, like, people are trying to get away from, like, you know, video games for entertainment because they're sitting on their Zoom call all the day. Yeah. You know, and they just want less technology. Yeah. Because I think the uh, people's civilization kind of goes in cycles. Mm. Um, I what think was we that? talked about that from uh, uh, The Fourth Turning. Oh, let's book. talk about that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's been a little bit since I've talked about that, so it would be... <laughs> so, but what's the... There's, like, four turnings, or what is it? Yeah, it's four turnings, uh, and we... So, there's this book was written in 97, and uh, they predicted that the fourth turning would start sometime in 2020. Um, and here we go. And the fourth turning is always a time of uh, chaos or like a big disaster type thing, big event that's, you know, changes the way that humans are um, after the event is over. Um, and usually each turning lasts around 20 years. Um, so anyways um so they go in cycles and it's not just because uh the event took place at that time it's that the people the different uh generations were primed 
to allow the event to happen in a way that creates a disaster or creates like a renewal or creates like whatever or progress or you know it goes in different cycles uh what the the different generations are primed to allow um so anyways it's really interesting um i don't know it makes a lot of sense to me but who knows no i love that that's such an interesting concept yeah i think different generations like we have chatted about even with yeah different things of like this generation thinks this way I don't know. I think it makes sense if yeah, you just and then think they, about they raise the 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 next generation in, in this a certain way, way, and then it creates this generation. Yeah. They raise this generation. Well, you can see it in small things like grandparents. At least my grandparents like feed us all the time, and it's because like when they were growing up, they didn't have a lot of food. Yeah, like exactly. you're more likely to think differently about resources and mm-hmm. things in the environment. And our connection with like earth and food, I think, mm-hmm. changes a lot through. Yeah, and there's always free will, but you're kind of primed to think a certain way as one of the generations. Well, as do the way, yeah, that you're upbringing. Mm-hmm. Like what they emphasized and focused on will impact how you grow up and then it will impact how you raise people. And mm-hmm. Yeah, and then what yeah, kind of events, like major events can happen within uh, that, like, community or Mm, civilization yeah um so i think that's really so we're in the fourth turning now most likely in the fourth turning um and so um the disaster is just like the start of the first turning if i remember correctly and so around i think it was like 2024 uh according to the book the disaster should be over um so who knows um and then you got another like you know 20 ish years it could be more or less give or take uh before you enter like i think it's the awakening is the next one Mm. and so then uh you know then we'll be primed to uh basically like renew a lot of things and uh restore society and Mm. stuff like that um most likely so it'll be really interesting to see it's definitely a good book to read and uh, kind of get a better idea of it. I, I would, I definitely need to, I, I don't remember exactly what all the different Turnings. Uh, generations are called because there's a different name for each generation. Not um, each turning, but just each generation. And the turnings. Okay, yeah, so there's more so, generations. So there's a name for the people and then there's a name for the turning, like the, the events, like kind of like the, so the awakening, but I can't remember uh, what the different, uh, people and their, their order of, you know, uh, being born, you know, middle age, mm. uh, or yeah, born adolescents, blah, 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 moving up the chain and where everyone's at in each turning and how that, I can't remember exactly how that is, but there's a prediction based off of where each type of, uh, generation is and what will happen. Um, and that depicts what the turning is called. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, and then it goes back into another cycle. And they call it the sacul- saculum. Uh, I guess it's something... Saculum? Saculum. Saculum. Sac- something like that. But hmm. anyways, it's uh, supposed to be something about the Mayan, Mayan yeah, calendar. Secu- yeah, saculum. Yeah. Sac- saculum. They call it know. saculum, but I don't know. Uh, oh, because you listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the end is the new beginning. It's just a continuous yeah. circle. So like our great-grandparents or whatever might have actually 
lived through the um, last fourth turning. So that's kind of interesting. Oh, okay. And that was supposed to be from the book. They said it was the Great Depression was the last major, like, disaster that changed the world as we know it and society as we know it. Mm. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. So now we're in the... Or we're just... Yeah, we're in the next one. Yeah, so it's 80 years later, approximately, give or take, you know, 10... Like, so it's give or take because, like, every turning could be an average of 20 years, but it could be give or take, like, maybe even... I think something like five or ten years so okay you know with all that like a turning could last up to a hundred years but it could last 60 years you know and it could be anywhere but around average around 80 years did he is it a male author it's like a group of i think it's like two authors or something like that it was like i think it was multiple authors does two it authors, i'm pretty sure um does it align with the buying calendar or anything or he just used that like analogy i think they did use the the mind something from the mind calendar to get better understanding of where to look and how to understand oh, the, different. Uh, the different cycles that's interesting because i can't remember what they said in the book that they were doing some research for something else and then they just kept on seeing these kind of patterns and mm-hmm. they started looking more into it and then more into it and then they found all yeah, these they found the patterns and then they started labeling it and coming up with a you know a hypothesis like it's a mm. theory obviously um of how the different generations affect civilization so interesting i like stuff like that a lot yeah i would like to learn more about the mayan calendar um there's something like 13 moons calendar i don't know if that's the same thing Do you no, know? i'm not sure i have no idea but they go based off of just the 13 full moons instead of, like, 12 months. Oh, the calendar's that's interesting. 13. Oh, off the moons. Okay. Yeah. I think... I don't know if that's how the mind calendar is set up, but I know there's a calendar that's just the 13 full moons, which makes oh. more sense. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, that's interesting. Well, it depends on what's important to you, I guess whether it's yeah. the moon phases or if it's the sun cycles, the cycles around the sun. Mm, yeah, you could do four. Yeah. Or, yeah, I guess, I don't know how you would set that up then. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll leave it up to someone else. <laughs> I guess it's, yeah, I do want to read that book. That's interesting that when you find the things that make you see what's currently going on in the world... Like, from, like, zoomed out. Yeah, the big picture. Like, when you're capable of seeing, like, what this event or these events happening in the world, how they will impact future... Yeah, that's interesting. Civilizations. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, unsure, but it's definitely interesting. Yeah, who knows what will happen. Um, Because, like, most likely if someone tells you they know what's going to happen, they're probably wrong. And if they tell you um, they don't know what's going to happen, they're probably wrong, too. So, like, no one no one really knows exactly what it's going to look like. Yeah. Like, if it's if it's super sci-fi, it's probably wrong. If it's not sci-fi enough, then it's probably wrong. <laughs> like, it's like, who knows? <laughs> There's got to be a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that everyone... Nobody thinks, knows. You can just be yeah. in the present and then see what will evolve next. Yeah, yeah, but most likely things are going to change a lot over the yeah. next, whatever, 10 years or so. You're probably, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I'm excited 
to see what happens. <laughs> we'll see. Time to learn more skills and... Yeah, just be flexible. And learn more skills, be flexible, uh, learn how to solve problems, and learn how to learn. Learn how to learn. Yep. That's a good one. How do you learn how to learn? Um, I mean... Just by reading books, but there was that book, I can't even remember what it was called anymore, but mm. to put it in the show notes. <laughs> I'll um. put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. One of the brain books that you've read. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just learning, yeah, how to make it so your brain, like, you know, imprints whatever and can recall whatever, mm. you know, and then just... How the brain thinks, is that? No. I can't remember. That's something different, yeah, but... uh yeah, so, I mean, I'm not an expert on that, but it's definitely something that would be uh, important to consider when things are changing a lot, because, like, you know, like, 500 years ago, the world didn't change very much, mm-hmm. you know? Now it's uh, a lot of change. Now it changes, like, a ton, and so you need to learn how to change, basically. Yeah, like, learn how to change. Yeah, just, I don't know, learn how to learn and just have an open mind. <laughs> yep. Try not to be as... I don't know. Yeah, I it's don't hard think... to not be controllable and controlled, but I don't know. Yeah, also not being tied down to a fixed location would be good. A good idea too. Like you need to be able to vote with your feet, like we kind of talked about earlier. You know, mm. be able to move if you don't agree with what's going on, or if you can't uh, survive with, uh, like. You know, it's important to be able to uh, change the way you act in order to survive, but also uh, to move, remove you yourself from a certain location that no longer allows you to survive in the way that you normally act, you know? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. That makes sense. If there is a location that can allow you to. Yeah, it just depends. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, if you... Like, you can't really give, like, a simple answer to how to, you know, basically be able to deal with the coming changes, um, because any simple answer doesn't do it justice, so basically you need to, like, learn how to, learn, you know, and learn how to be adapt flexible and, and adapt and mm-hmm. stuff. And, Great advice. Yeah. <laughs> it's my opinion, so. <laughs> I love your opinion. Thank you. I think it's good advice. You're full of some... Interesting topics, words. Perfect. (laughs) I love it. Thank you for explaining Bitcoin and sovereign individual. Mm -hmm. And the fourth phase. The The fourth turning. What's it called? The fourth turning. Or just the saculum. The saculum. However you want to say it. (laughs) Saculum. Yeah, I want to read that book. And see more. Thanks for being on the podcast, Corey. Thanks, Emily. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're interested in optimizing your experience in this lifetime, reach out to me and let's get scheduled. Let's get you scheduled for optimal health coaching. There are eight major areas of health that I believe create your experience as a human. Movement, mindset, self-love, connection, recovery, fueling, daily routine, and environment. Through coaching, we will focus on one or all of these aspects to optimize your experience. One of my favorite areas that I 
really like diving deep into is connection. The connection aspect of the optimal health coaching is looking at how you are connected to other individuals in your life. Do you have good energy exchange? Are you codependent on others? Are you independent? Are you too independent? Are you too codependent? Are you connected with others or are you attached with others? By looking at this in my personal life, I have found many ways that I can improve on how I connect with others and that energy exchange of, are you giving too much of your energy to others? Are they giving you energy back? Are you creating boundaries? Do you have protections that you utilize in ritual or throughout your day that create a good balance of that energy? That's a fabulous area that we can dive deep into in Optimal Health Coaching. So go to my website and schedule a consultation where we can see what would be the best fit for you. Have a fabulous day and stay wild.